those that are fighting head colds and sore throats and even some are presently out of the uh, uh, precaution of care or keeping themselves separated because they've been around someone close uh, who has contracted uh, COVID. My little granddaughter Ava has caught it, uh, they say, but how many believes that she shall be well? This too shall pass, and God will strengthen her body. If you have your Bibles today, I want you to turn with me to the book of Revelation. Revelation 18. And there's going to be a great supper of every foul and unclean bird. We've discussed just in sermons past the grace of what it is to be an eagle, to have the nature of God, and how eagles, even though they're in the same genus of cetrapods, like vultures, are not vultures. And it is the diet and how they prey upon fresh kill and predominantly eat fish that separate them from the nature of the vulture. The vulture eats dead carcasses, carrion, rotting flesh, maggot-infested animals that are full of disease and sickness, and they sit down and eat the putrid and the uh, literally uh, decaying flesh left in an animal's body, or in worst cases, the cadavers of people uh, who have started to corrupt and gone into corruption. We realize through the Bible that the eagle nature are the sons and daughters of God. The eagle nature is a metaphor for God Himself. And as He moves in that way, one minute, we're, we're, it's not snowing outside, we just have an amp or something that's on, that's giving us some uh, feed them back, getting a little bit of feedback. And I want to start out by reading the first two verses because this follows the parallel and the pattern of what Jeremiah and Ezekiel prophesied concerning the nation of Babylon that would ultimately besiege Jerusalem three times and in three departures or carrying away they would unpopulate the city and Jerusalem would become a widow. So as we get that cleared up, how many's with me again? Revelation, now I know they're both good looking fellows, uh, but let, let's come back to the Bible. Revelation 18. Not me. I'm static free. Everybody say Amen. I used a roll brush this morning to get all that static off my clothes. No. 18, 1 and 2. And it shows that there is an alternate church to the real body of Christ, the church of the living God. Now, whatever religion you think this may be, wherever this may fit in, is where it fits in. We're not here to label any of the church the great whore church. But anyone who sets apart from what Jesus Christ said is not operating in His Spirit or His truth. Now, I didn't write the Bible, but this is a clear-cut warning that you cannot go anywhere in the name of religion and be blessed and favored by God. This is a direct warning coming from the beloved apostle to say that where you go and what you listen to is eternally important. Ceremonies, fashions, catechisms, rituals do not save you. Jesus said you must be born again. Revelation 18, 1 and 2, And after these things, 
I saw another angel come down from heaven having great power and the earth was lightened with His glory. And he cried with a strong voice saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen and is become the habitation of devils, those who do evil and the hold of every foul spirit and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. Everybody say unclean and hateful. Vultures are the most unclean birds that you'll ever come in contact with. They die from the inside out because of the corruption and the putrefaction of the flesh that they eat. They contract all the diseases. They take it into their digestive system and then they literally fall out of the sky dying from the absolute filth that they take in as a diet. They are corrupted from the inside to the out and they become a picture of religion that is also corrupted from the inside to the out. Every man has his perfect gift. We see that there are all types of sin that our society wants to accept. Teaching our children in grade school all types of unclean sex educations and filthy books that real godly parents would never have read to their children. If the pandemic ever did anything for us, it let us know to pay attention to what garbage they're being taught in our public education system. There's ever been a time that we supported vouchers for you to pick out where you feel is best for your children to go that matches your values, your Christian faith, and then that money, instead of being wasted in teachers' unions and public education, can be given to the academy and the erudition that will train up your children in the way that they should go. Everybody say amen. We also welcome all those that are tuned in today on our streamcast from Alabama. Josh, Jonathan, and Ricky, maybe, possibly. But we're going to say hello to Josh Wood uh, as he's there. But it says very clearly that there was this angel that lightened the earth, a bright light, the shining bright light that A.J. spoke of where the feet of Jesus in Revelation 1 looked like they burned with fire. They were bronze and burning, glowing. And of course, the garment that he's wearing is the the gatekeeper's garment. Not the garment of any other angel, but it is specifically the gatekeeper because he marched through hell to make sure that everyone who gets in heaven, he opens the door to. He said, not only am I the door, but I'm also the porter. I'm the one who will open the door for you. And he marched through hell to make sure that if you're supposed to get in, no one can keep you out. No one can separate you away from that. So his feet are glowing with the heat of what we think or realize what truly is him walking with us through the strange fires that purifies. Him literally working with us under our chastisement in the strange fires that are to try you, that though it be tried with fire, like gold and silver is tried, your faith may be found like unto precious gold and silver, and it may be found unto the glory and thanksgiving of God. Somebody say amen. So we see that as the eagles have been signified to be around the uncorruptible body of Christ and to eat fresh from the corpse of Jesus. What activates this word is your born-again spirit. This is a, a, a kept book. It's still the number one book in all the world. No, no other book has ever sold more copies than the Bible. It reigns very supremely, number one. But it is not activated until you come with your spirit. And then these written words become rhema words. 
words of spirit and life, active, energizing, inspiring, motivating, anointing, and leading you in the way that you should go. How many believe that? Now we got this calling to come to this church, Babylon. In verse 3, if you'll join in with me, the vultures are gathering, and it's a hold. Can't say this enough, it's a hold. Because again, things like homosexuality, transgenderism, all comes, if you read the book of Romans, when that which may be known of God has been revealed to the church, and they won't preach it, they won't teach it, and they won't say it, but they turn God into a four-footed or another corrupt beast. And for that cause, God gives them over to reprobate minds that they would do every unclean thing. The church is the one spawning the spirit of homosexuality or religion, lesbians, saying today that a little boy doesn't have to be taught or raised like he's a little boy, how many different pronouns they want us to learn. I'm still glad that in my school I only have to figure out two of them, male and female, boys and girls. Now whatever they say, that's their lie and I don't have to tell it. That's their untruth and I'm not going to be a part of it. I'll be very clear about what I think and what I have to say because it's never changed since the beginning of time. All nations have drank the wine of the wrath of her fornication. That's an interesting determination. You'd think by now that this religion would be an adulteress, but she's a fornicator because this is signs that she's never been married to God. She's resisted God from the beginning. Religions that want to make their own way and their own doctrine. They fornicate with the people of the earth. They use another method which is not marriage. They've never been joined unto Him. Bone of His bone, flesh of His flesh. The Word is never realized in fullness in them. And the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her. And the, mor- and the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. Of course, that's just what the world likes. They like a lot of pomp and fashion and flair, robes and ceremonies, everything that looks religious. We could have a fellow coming through here swinging incense up and down the aisle. I'd rather have the presence of the Holy Ghost and the Spirit of God ascending up into heaven and God breathing that Holy Ghost in, breathing our prayers and our worship in. As it says in Psalm 92, a psalm concerning the Sabbath and what we do as born-again followers of Christ. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people. Not join in with her. Everybody say, Come out of her. Echoing the sentiments of Paul, Come out from among them and be ye separate. If you do meet Christ in there, you will find that the real teachings of Christ are not followed. You will not be learning of Jesus. You will be learning where someone else lives your Christian life. And no one else is responsible for how you live but you. No one else can pray you. Someone said the other day, well, what's purgatory? Purgatory is a doctrine out of 2 Maccabees in the 400 silent years from the book of the Apocrypha, which means, and you think we're, you, you think what we believe is foreign. This is where you have a relationship with your church, and the only way you can have a relationship with your church is through a priest, as they chose at Sinai and Moses. And you die, and yes, after your life of serving God and being obedient to all their rituals and ceremonies and, and sayings, and catechisms, you still go to hell. And you trust that that person is going to take you in their prayer life and be be other than Michael and give thanks that you're not here, but uh, pray you out of hell. Now, that means you went to hell. And someone, they believe, someone other than Jesus can pray you out of hell. No. 
won't happen. Not true. You better know him yourself. Uh, death has lost its dominion over me and I will never go to hell. I will be born out of this life into eternal life. Just like my older brother Jesus did in Revelation 1.5. Come out from among her. Touch not the unclean thing. Shun the very appearance of evil. And at this time, in 2 Corinthians 6, God says, I will receive you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. I will be a father to you, that you receive not of her plagues. And that's 2 Corinthians six seventeen. for those of you who want to take down a note, in Isaiah 52 and 11. For her sins, even though they were forgiven by the blood, She's never cashed in. She's never come into a relationship with Christ. And her sins have reached unto heaven. 2 Corinthians 6, 17. I heard somebody saying that. Now if anyone here and they don't understand, just say, I don't understand. I get a big kick out of that. Praise God. We found out that was a smart watch. It's, it's something else when my preaching offends a smartwatch. Me and Siri don't get along. She didn't believe like I do. Reward her even as she rewarded you. Double unto her. Double according to her works. In the cup which she hath filled, fill to her double. Now we received a double portion. Now she receives a double trouble for her sins that are not remitted, that haven't gone away, and they are going to be remembered against her because she is not cashed in to what Jesus has done for her. Now wherever this fits, it fits. How much she hath glorified herself and live deliciously. So much torment and sorrow for give her for she saith in her heart, I said a queen, and I am no widow, and I shall see no sorrow. Thinking the whole time that God is with her, that God is just like her, but they find out she's never served God and she's never followed God. And if you'll turn to Lamentations 1.1. Lamentations. Jeremiah is saying, after watching, the destruction of Jerusalem in 586 B.C. After warning the people, after going through the list and warning the last from Manasseh to Ammon to Josiah, all the way down, the last chapter of Second Chronicles, all these kings that did not serve God from Jehoahaz, on down to um, uh, Jehoiakim, on down to uh, Zedekiah, Jehoiachin, Jehoiachin, let me get it right, Jehoahaz, down to Jehoiakim, down to Jehoahaz, and down to Zedekiah. Now in 586 B.C., as the northern part of Israel, up north in Samaria, was destroyed earlier in 722 B.C. by the Assyrians, now it is finally fallen upon to come to Jerusalem and Judah that Hezekiah was the last one that God really moved for. Now Josiah was the fire of God and he did reinstitute the Passover, but it was too little, too late. The handwriting was on the wall, and these last four kings brought the desolation, which means they're going to be carried off into another land. They're going to be taken out of Jerusalem and carried into another land. David, if you'll get me a bottle of water, I'd appreciate it. And it says here in Lamentations 1.1, Now, this... This great whore, and now don't get mad at me, everybody gets mad. Oh, I use dirty language. Me and the Bible and John, 
Okay, grow up, adult class, get ready. Okay, this fornicating religion says, I will see no sorrow, I will have no trouble, and I'll never be a widow. Well, that's not true. She's about to be widowed in a moment. Just as Jerusalem was under the watch of Jeremiah. And he said in Lamentations, as he laments over the destruction of the remaining tribe, Judah, a little bit of Benjamin, and Jerusalem has fallen to the great Nebuchadnezzar, and he says, How doth the city sit solitarily empty? What was one time full of people, how has she become a widow? That she was great among the nations, and a prince, a princess among the provinces, how has she become a tributary? She were up sore in the night, and her tears on her cheeks among all her lovers, and she should have just had one lover, which was God, to comfort her. All her friends have dealt treacherously with her, and they are become her enemies. Judah is gone into captivity because of affliction, because of great servitude. She dwelleth among the heathen. She find no rest. All her persecutors overtook her between the straits. Now back to Revelation. Now if it would happen to Jerusalem, is there any way that Babylon, the fake church, the deceitful church, is there any way, Miss Cindy, that they're going to escape the judgment of God when they've denied Jesus Christ, they've denied the faith of God, they've denied the blood of Jesus, and even invented their own ways for you to be saved other than Jesus Christ. When He said, I am the way... I am the truth, and I am the life. Somebody say amen to that. So as we continue, it's necessary to just read this. I can't preach it better than reading it. It says it very clear, very distinctly. How much she hath glorified herself and lived deliciously. You ought to hear people telling you to have faith in a religion. I'm telling you to have faith in Jesus Christ. Big difference. Everybody say, yes, Wister, big difference. Jesus Christ is Lord. That's who I believe in. And I am called to love my brother, not religion. So she has glorified herself to live deliciously. So much torment and sorrow give her. For she saith in her heart, I said a queen and I am no widow, and I shall see no sorrow. Therefore shall her plagues come in one day, death and mourning and famine, and she shall be utterly burned with fire, for strong is the Lord God who judgeth her. And all the kings of the earth who have committed fornication with her. Because see, the person who has the Spirit of God, you know better. You won't mingle your spirit with lies. You won't have it. You will come out from among her. The same way God called you out of the world, He calls you out of false and fake pseudo-religions. You are required to walk with God every single day. The Sabbath days when we get together to show each other love, not just to honor the day. This day was made for us. We weren't made for this day. We're here to show love to one another. And hopefully, we won't get so full of ourselves, Miss Karen, that we wind up not liking one another. We won't let little, little grains of sand begin to affect our walk and then say, well, I just don't like them no more. Love conquers all. Love should be the greatest part if we can love each other. And the kings of the earth who have committed fornication and lived deliciously with her shall bewail her and lament for her when they shall see the smoke of her burning. Like a big pit. Like the Gihon in the valley of Hinoam after the days of Hezekiah when the death angel walked through and 185,000 Assyrian soldiers were killed in one night and they had a large crevasse at the southeast side of Jerusalem 
and they began to haul by cadaver removal after the birds had picked out the soldiers' eyes and picked upon their flesh, and, and even some of them picked their noses, but they carried them off. And they threw them in this big canyon, this big crevasse, this fissure, this opening in the land. And then they set it afire. And because of the bodies, a body will burn nearly five days. If you take a human body and begin to burn it, it'll burn uh, with, the, with, the, with the view of its oils and skin and texture and bones. It'll burn nearly five days. Now take that and add 185,000 bodies. That's quite a bonfire you got going. Whoo! Can you imagine the stench? That's what Jesus referred to as hell more than anything else in the New Testament. A dumping place, a trash place, a place of uncleanness. And there was weeping and wailing, families who were mourning their lost loved ones because they did not have the money for a proper burial. So their loved one as a cadaver after the body began to stink and they kept it as home as long as they could, they had to get rid of it and they would take it out to this fissure, this big crevasse in, uh, on the outside of the city and throw the body in there. The stinking, rotting flesh into the fire and all of the other refuse of the city. Awful place. How many would say, well that's enough that I don't want to go there. So Jesus said that's what it'd be like not to be forgiven of your sins. He wasn't instantiating some other hell. He was giving you the comparison of how good it was to be saved, not how awful it is to go to hell, even though that'd be awful. It's much better to be born again. How many can say amen? All right. And they shall see the smoke of her burning, standing afar off for the fear of her torment saying, Alas, alas, the great city Babylon, the mighty city, for in one hour, that's all it took for God to put a stop to it, one hour. Everybody say one hour. Is thy judgment come, and the merchants of the earth shall sweep and mourn over her. Every time you see somebody peddling a book, peddling a sermon, what God freely gives to me, I am said to freely give to you. And now we turned it into merchandise. For $79.95, Miss Cindy, you can have my teaching on the book of Revelation. When God gave it to me for free. And here I am supposedly the servant of God, turning God's house again into merchandise. Selling your sermons, putting a patent on your sermons. That if anyone is to quote anything I said... I have a patent on it, and you have to pay me a royalty. Shut up! I've been borrowing somebody else's sermons ever since I started preaching. I've been borrowing from Jesus and Isaiah and Ezekiel and uh, Peter, James, and John. and uh, uh, Like that first Bible conference I went, went to, and they said, and I'd never heard this, Miss Paula. It was, it was on the epistles. And I said, well, that's going to be interesting. I never knew the apostles had wives. I thought the epistles were God's wives. But how many knows? <laughs> Lift your hand and say, I'm learning. I'm learning. I'm learning. I had a lot to learn. I, I thought, well, gosh, those guys do have wives. They're just called epistles. Praise God. But, <laughs> moving forward. And the merchants of the earth shall weep and mourn over her. For no man buyeth their merchandise anymore. They've lost their living. Remember Jesus going into the temple and overturning the tables of money and the exchangers saying, you've made my house a den of thieves. You made it a house of merchandise. We do the same thing today. And we honor the people. We make them multimillionaires. And they don't even have time to talk to you, dear sister. You can't see them in their office. They're too busy to talk to you. They'll have some other underling hear what you have to say. They'll feed you off to someone else. They don't have time to pray for you or meet with you or know you. They don't know their flock. They don't look well to their people. They don't know their sheep by name. We should at least know the people that we say that we pastor. A good shepherd takes care of the sheep. 
the merchandise of gold and silver and precious stones and of pearls and of fine linen, purple, silk, scarlet, and all fine wood, and all manner of vessels of ivory, and all manner of vessels of precious wood, of brass, iron, and marble, and cinnamon, and odors, and ointments, and frankincense, and wine, and oil, and fine flour, and wheat, and beast, and sheep, and horses, and chariots, and slaves, and souls of men. That's what she owns. Now my soul's been purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. And I have something more valuable than these two lists. And it's my faith that I have in God. My faith in God is worth more than all this put together. My walk with God is more valuable to God and to my eternal life than all these riches put together. How many believe that? These things are purified with fire. These are the things that men kill and wound over and fight over and wars are started over. But you and I are called to love one another. So how many love the prophet? How many still love the prophet? Believe in the Lord your God. That's how you're established. But hear his prophets, prophets, and so shall you prosper. If you want to prosper, hear the word of the Lord. And the fruits that thy soul lusted. How many knows we should be delivered from the lust of the flesh and the eyes of of lust? The lust of our eyes and the lust of the flesh. And now lusting is accepted in this church. It's openly done. And the fruits that thy soul lusted after are departed from thee. And all the things which were dainty and God in goodly are departed from thee, and thou shalt find them no more at all. Thy merchants of these things, and the merchants of these things which were made rich by her, shall stand afar off for the fear of her torment, not wanting to be involved, weeping and wailing, saying, Alas, alas, the great city that was clothed in fine linen and purple. Remember that he said, When you went out to hear my cousin John, Did you go out to see a man clothed in fine linen and fine purple? No, he's wearing uh, sheepskin and leather. He was a woodsman. Just come right right out of the forest. He didn't have fine clothing on. And he was saying, prepare ye the way of the Lord. And they knew it was a man of God. Now you've got to wear a white collar and wear a purple robe. And, and, And if I did... I would look like Jabba the Hutt moving around. A whole three foot tall, a purple blob moving around the floor. You'd be Halloween every Sunday. (laughs) Pitiful. Scarlet decked with gold and precious stones and pearls. For in one hour so great riches has come to naught. And every shipmaster and all the company and ships and sailors and as many as traded by the sea stood afar off and cried when they saw the smoke of her burning, saying, What city is like unto this great city? Well, there's a better city coming up, and it's called a city that is four square. It's called the place of God. There's one that John will mention after this, and it's the city where it has twelve gates after every tribe that came from Israel. And then it has twelve foundations after the names of the twelve apostles. And the city itself will have the light of Jesus Christ in it. The city four square is a city that hath foundations. The same city that Abraham, by faith in God that he was searching for, he was seeking a city that had foundations. That's why he never took root and he never planted himself because he knew all the temporary works of man would be removed. But the permanent foundation would be laid by God Himself. And that foundation is Jesus Christ. How many can say Amen? And we're built upon the doctrine of His apostles and prophets. Praise the Lord. And they cast dust on their head. And they cast dust on their head. Which is a sign of being forsaken. And cried, weeping, wailing, saying, Alas, alas, 
the great city wherein we were made rich and all that had ships in the sea by reason of her costliness. For in one hour is she made desolate. Look at all the money poured into this. Souls, the effect is soul, not spirit. The Spirit of God will challenge your soul. It doesn't go along with your soul. It challenges and wants to save and redeem your soul. And the hardest thing that people give up today is their souls. They don't want you to change what they've learned to live with their whole life. Their broken lifestyle, the mask that they put on, the hurt and the pain that they carry, the depression of shame that is turned inwardly. They've learned to live with that depression. And you'd be amazed when you try to deliver them or set them free from it. People will clutch it and say, No, don't touch it. I've learned to live this way. I'll just tough it out. That's not free, my friend. Jesus wants to set you free. Shame turned inwardly is depression. And His love, His shame will never make you sorrow. You'll be unashamed by the love of God. Turn to Romans chapter 5 right quick like. So there is a place for vultures. There is a place, but it has nothing to do with our place. Romans chapter 5. God's love maketh not ashamed. No longer criticize, even though you may scrutinize yourself, even though you may have self-introspection. Instead of knowing what's wrong with everyone else, now I've learned what's wrong with me. I don't spend time knowing what's wrong with everybody else. It's a full-time job dealing with what can be wrong in me. I can be a real, 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 real sour lemon at times. And I don't even turn into good lemonade. So how many knows I need a Savior? I need Jesus in my life. Can you imagine what it would be like if we all worked at us and didn't call everybody else we know morons? The Bible said the minister of the Lord must be compassionate merciful on the ignorant and the unlearned and on them that are out of the way. Stop putting people down. You only are what you are by the grace of God. You're not some great one. But in the mercy and the forgiveness of God, you wouldn't even know what you know. What do you have that you didn't receive? I remember when I was nothing, nothing, a zero. Even the skinnier preachers will get up and say that they're a perfect ten. And what they do is they use me for the zero and they use themselves for the one. I'm still a zero in some of their books. They say they're a perfect ten. They get me to stand beside them with my round figure. Around, around Michael, I'm nothing more than a comma. For God's sake, he's so tall. He's, like, he's not just an I. He's a capital I, for God's sake. And all I am is a little comma that falls underneath the line a little bit around that giant. And if that's not enough, he wants to be ten feet tall. Imagine how I feel. I'm not even half the way where he is. And he's wanting to be taller. I just like to catch up. But the Bible said, In hope maketh not ashamed. We're no longer depressed. Because, dear sister, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts, which He has given unto us. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. When's the last time you opened your heart to someone and told them you love them? You took the risk of telling them we love you. You can see sinners a lot of time at their first visits. If you tell them that you love them, I've heard many of them say, how can you love me? You don't even know me. Well, love is what God is, and love is what we should be. Amen? I know you're not used to a loving environment, and a loving fellowship, and loving acceptance, but that's what we give you. Even I do, even with my look, with my grizzled face, I don't even look like I'm that loving. But I am loving. I want to love you. If you'll let me love you, stand still and let me love you. No, watch. Somebody say amen. Amen. And they cast dust on their heads and cried, weeping and wailing, Alas, alas, 19. 
that great city wherein we were made rich, all had ships, all that had ships in the seas, by reason of her costliness. For in one hour she made desolate. Rejoice over her. Watch out now. Rejoice over her. You holy apostles and prophets, for God rejoice over her. That's interesting. People get mad if you even point her out. People get all religious on you. If you even point out the fallacy and the dishonesty of man's religion, they'll take it personally and leave the church, leave Jesus to protect something that is false and feigned and untrue. It's kind of puzzling. And the Bible tells me to rejoice over her. Now, I'd like to see her get saved. But just like the Pharisees of the day of Jesus, they never abandoned their structured religion. And he told them, because you say you see, therefore your sin does remain. Had you admitted you were blind like the Gentiles, then you'd have no sin because you could hear my words and you could be redeemed. But if you're going to constantly replace Jesus with man's religion, it'll put you away from salvation. Somebody say amen. Matter of fact, turn with me to uh, John, the Gospel of John, chapter 9. And look at your neighbor and say, we're closer to finishing than you realize. Hang on. I was told by a good friend of mine, he said, you're a different bird, Kevin Keller. You're, you're not a normal bird. You're a very different bird. You're an exotic. Don't see many of you around. I said, thank God. Thank God. Did I say chapter 9? I did. Look at me. See, I was about to be wrong because I thought I was wrong only until I realized I was right. 9.39. And Jesus said, for judgment, I am coming to the world. Not to judge, but for judgment. I soon to place a judgment for you. I'm not here to judge you. I'm here for your judgment. Amen. That they which see not might see. That'd be me. Blind, ignorant, didn't know. I'm telling you, when I said we were raised and we never prayed over our food at home, I never heard anyone, when they prayed over the food, I was like, what are y'all doing? What's happening? What's going on, man? Let's dig in. It's time to go at it. No. He said, you got to wait. And I'm like, I don't want to wait. He said, well, you're going to wait. Diane would correct me and teach me these Christian ways. And at first, some things I thought were very foreign. I wasn't accustomed to it. So we sit down and give thanks. And now I understand it is God that blesses my table that I can eat. And now I get to smack the children's hand. Stop. And some of the Pharisees which were with him heard these words and said unto him, Are we blind also? Because we still say we know the way and we follow the teaching and the education and the law of Moses and do the service in the tabernacle of that tabernacle of the wilderness? Are we blind also? And Jesus said unto them, If you were blind, you should have no sin. But now you say, we see. Jesus, we don't need your teaching. We already got it. We got this covered. Even though it doesn't take away sin, we got it covered. Therefore your sin, ouch, remaineth. Uh, Chapter 12, verse 40. 40. I said that right that time. It's, it's a blessed thing. Jesus proving to Martha that He's the resurrection and the life. Because she was blind and she became sin, she's about to see something else she never saw before. She's going to see her dead brother who by now stinketh, which means corruption has set in and her, his body smells bad. Verse 39. 
think that's right. Did I do that right? Well, I'm in chapter 11. I'm going to salute Rufus and keep moving. Yeah, we'll do both. And Jesus said, <laughs> well, I'm right now out of your mind. No, uh, uh, chapter 11, 39. Yep. The beloved. Next time someone tells you, you're out of your mind, I said, no, I'm really out of your mind. I'm right in my mind. I'm happy in here. <laughs> Everybody say, in my world, I'm just fine. <laughs> I'm just fine in my world. I know it may be rocking your world, but I'm happy in here. And Jesus said, Take away the stone. And Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. Something that Jesus never went through. And Jesus saith unto her, Said I not unto thee that thou wouldest, if thou wouldest believe that thou should see, see, everybody say, you get to see things other kings and priests and prophets have desired to see, and they've never seen it. You've never seen a man have faith like that, that father of yours, that man of God sitting right there, that Holy Ghost man of God. Amen. That's what he is. Don't, 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 don't even come short of that. Chapter 12, verse 40. We're going to start at 37, 1237. Jesus is now quoting again Isaiah. But though he had done so many miracles before them, yet they believed not on him. And they saw what he did. That the saying of Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled, which he spake, Lord, who hath believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Therefore they could not believe because that Isaiah said... He hath blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts that they should not see with their eyes nor understand with their heart and be converted and I should heal them. These things said Isaiah when he saw his glory and he was high and lifted up and his train did fill the temple as he spake of him. Everybody say amen. So Jesus has given you all the evidence you could ever need. Back to Revelation now, just a little bit more. And a mighty angel took up a stone, took up a, took up a stone like a great millstone and cast it into the sea, saying, Thus with violence shall the great city Babylon be thrown down and shall be found no more at all. When else did Jesus warn of you having a millstone wrapped around your neck? All you have to do is offend the children. It's all you got to do. It'd be better for you to have a millstone and you may, you can, I can hold my breath. Okay. And you're a good swimmer too, right? Well, you're going to have to be better than both of those because that millstone is going to take you right to the bottom. And that's where all of our sins go. Jesus warned of this in Matthew 18.6, Mark 9.42, and Luke 17, verse 2. It'd be better for you to have a millstone wrapped around your neck than to offend one of the least of these little ones. So this is great for all you real humble people that constantly said in church, say, I'm the least, I'm the least, I just can't do anything, I'm just so small in my own sight. Well, God's thinking about you. God still loves you. I know you've got to be around me thinking, we can do it, let's start now. We can take the city, let's go at once. God is with us, let's go overtake it. Let's overcome. And all of you other temperaments are saying, okay, but I'm scared. Don't be scared, God is with us. Right? Somebody say amen. So you see the millstone is wrapped around her neck because what has she been doing? 
she's she's been a doing, she's been a doing, she's been a fan. Listen, I've got 60 years in the practice of speaking and I'm working on it. What she's been a doing is she's been offending the least of God's little ones, constantly not allowing them to speak and to say what God put in their hearts. A great millstone cast it into the sea, saying, Thus with violence shall the great city Babylon be thrown down and shall be found no more at all. And the voice of harpers and musicians and pipers and trumpeters shall be heard no more at all in thee. No craftsman and whatsoever craft he be shall be shall shall be found shall not be found any more in thee. And the sound of a millstone uh, grinding, the purpose of grinding, the millstone takes instead of a picture of drowning, it takes a picture of work. The grinding out of the oil. No more at all in thee. And the light of the candle shall be no more at all in thee. Everybody say, oops, the light of the candle. As it was in the days of Eli, when ere the light of God, the candle of the Lord, all but went out. It got down to a burning ember until God sent another son in there. And He sent Samuel in there, the young boy, and He took that burning wick and He flamed it into a fire again. And Samuel became the seer and the prophet. And because under Eli's watch, the light of God almost went out. But God preserved it. Somebody say amen. A little sermon there. Careful. Shall be no more at all in thee. And the voice of the bridegroom and of the bride shall be heard no more at all in thee. Now if the bridegroom, if Jesus is not speaking in church, and the bride is not responding, there is zero relationship in the ceremonies because the Bible said in the last days they'd have a form of godliness but deny the power thereof. And don't get too upset. Pentecostals do it as well. If you've been around any amount of time, Pentecostals will choose who gets to speak in tongues they orchestrate who interprets, how much they say, and the pastor controls every bit of it. Everybody say gobbledygook. I can no more control the Holy Ghost in, in your life than sometimes, well, you have the most control over it. But I don't tell people what to prophesy. I just try to create an environment where it can happen, where it should happen. And if it wants to happen... We don't go on with our form. We allow the Holy Ghost to have His way. Which means if, if uh, AJ wants to go jumping like uh, 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 you know, a high jumper in his singing, we're going to let him do it. We're going to let him show as much as emotion and expression as he wants. All he's trying to do like me is to get up to Michael's height for that moment. So here's Michael way up here. and we Here's me. See? Somebody say amen. Now, if the bridegroom, which is Jesus in John chapter 3, if the friend of the bridegroom hears his voice, that's you and me. That means the Lord is not speaking in that place. Would you want to go there and have a ceremony, a ritual? Would you want to do a repeat after me? Imagine they just have certain responses in the back of a hymn book. And now we're going to read response uh, 735. Why? Because you don't know what to say? You're going to be like the garment, uh, the person who went into the wedding supper and didn't have a garment? And when the Lord came up and said, how would you get in here with no garment on? And the Bible said he was speechless. He had no word in him. He was speechless. I've got a word in me. Have you got a word in you? i got something I can say for Jesus. And bless God, I'm going to say it. Somebody say amen. I hope I'm saying it today. See, the bridegroom or the bride be heard no more at all in thee. For thy merchants were thy great men of the earth, and for thy sorceries were all nations, watch it now, deceived. What does it mean to be deceived? To think you've got something and you really don't. 
to think you possess something and you've been lied to. To think that you're all right, that you got your ticket punched, you've got you got a real ticket. Yeah, okay, let's let's you know, some of we gotta bring it in real. You got a real ticket to go see the Panthers play. And for some reason you want to see Cam Newton again. I have no idea why you would, but okay. And I'd be thankful on that day if they found out that my ticket was fake and false and I couldn't get in, I'd just say, thank God. I didn't want to see that anyway. But you've been deceived into buying something that's not real. I mean, I'd rather be an Eagles fan than do that, but and that's bad. Now, your homework, your homework is to read Revelation 19 but go into chapter 19 and I'm going to read two verses and then I'm going to read one more verse and you may get to go home. So I got one. Only one man agrees. I guess the rest of them don't agree with you, brother. Well, I didn't hear no amen. Cat must got your tongue. I didn't hear it. It only counts when I hear it. And arg, I've only got one good ear. Revelation 19, 17 and 18. This is where you'll find the speckled vultures. Speckled vultures of Jeremiah and Ezekiel. And you have up till Wednesday to go research and find out where that is in your Bible. I know where it is. Speckled vultures. I'm giving you a big hint when I use the word speckled. Any of you who've looked things up, just do a word search on speckled. That's all you got to do. Speckled. Not used a whole bunch. Not one of those word searches that comes up and it's only in there 1,768 different times. Oh, that's great. Uh, Anyway. And I saw an angel standing in the sun, or in the countenance, and he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the fowls, the unclean, that fly in the midst of heaven, Come and gather yourselves together unto the supper of the great God, that you may eat the flesh of kings, and the flesh of captains, and the flesh of mighty men, and the flesh of horses, both cadaver and carrion of them that set on them in the flesh of all men, both free, bond, and both small and great. Ah, awful. Just absolutely awful. One more place. I said one more, I'm keeping my word. Y'all are just not with me today, and I am going to chastise you next sermon. I'm going to weave a sermon, and I'm going to whip you good for not paying attention. 2 Timothy 3. No, I'm not. I got no reason to whip you. Even though Jesus did sit down and weave a whip, he thought about what he was going to do and he went and did it. Now, who would fall for this? Who would go to a religion where the Lord doesn't speak, where everything has been replaced? Who would fall for that? Is there a silly woman that would fall for that? Is there a silly bride that would go after just anything? Or is there a real sincere woman that knows the difference to know the voice of God? See, even while you listen to me, you've got to hear the voice of God inside of you Tell, and God's trying to tell you how crazy I am. I mean, whether it's the truth or not. I mean, knows He lives in here to let you know that. That's right. 2 Timothy 3, we're about to be done. Down through 9, 3, 1 through 9. How many believes I can read that without adding comment? I got one in the back. Okay. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedience to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, oops, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, 
traitors, heady, and high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but, but denying but denying the power thereof. From such you should do what? Turn away. God expects you to know the difference. For of this sort who deny the power and have a form of godliness, of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins and led away with divers lust. A silly bride. You can tell her anything and she'll believe it. A goofy bride that doesn't know the voice of her master. This is not a godly woman. This is an ungodly woman. A lust-filled woman. Ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as Janies and Jambres, who are they? The two false magicians that mimicked the first three miracles in the court of Pharaoh, Ramses, until they got to the third, and God produced the lice. God brought the lice on. And they were standing there. You know how many of those them things can jump seven feet? Careful. Everybody say careful. And that li- those lice started jumping. They said, oops, we can't do that. I'm getting out of here. They couldn't. They couldn't. <laughs> Amen. Those two fake magicians... Withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith, but they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifested unto all men as theirs also was. Now, do you really know the difference? Everybody say, because I'm here, I do know the difference. And there is a difference between the spirit of truth. I can tell you, this man won't go just anywhere and listen to just anything. He's had quite a journey. You should hear his testimony. He's pulled up to several different watering holes and he's been up to some of them and said, <coughs> have y'all tested this water lately? Because I clear there's something in it. And it's not just H2O. Amen? Well, I just want to say that I love you. We're going to continue in this vein. How many want some more of this? We'd like a second helping. A whole lot of more. Well, that's why we come on Wednesday nights. That's why we're here. And uh, that's why we do it on the streamcast. Because I know everybody's good and loyal and faithful to cut our streamcast on and keep up with every sermon, right? I wouldn't want to lie in the house of God either. But Sorry. Being crafty, I caught you with guile. Paul did it and I can do it. Uh, so I do want to say that I love you. I bless you in Jesus' name. Please remember Miss Diane. She got a terrible head cold. And, and pray that she does that doesn't turn into migraines too. Because that's really debilitating when it hits her. And she's she's our angel. So let's remember her. And I'd like to say that I love you. And remember now, coming up on Thanksgiving, we're not going to come the Wednesday before the Thursday of Thanksgiving. We generally take that off because Cindy said she got a super extra big turkey that AJ's got to help her lift to get in. They're going to build it. You're going to build a whole new brick oven. So it's something like 35 pounds. They went out and killed it. Uh, so it's, it's going to be uh, a turkey holiday. I love turkey, by the way. Do you love turkey? Turkey's right up there. It may be edging out steak when it comes to me. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a bird man. I got to admit, now turkey, me and turkey, woo, fantastic. So I just want you to remember that, dressing and all the gravy and all the stuff. Give thanks. It's a wonderful time. And I, How many feel good today? Alejandro, you feel good? I saw a guy just like you with a blower on his back this morning, blowing leaves. I almost stopped and pulled over and said, Alejandro, get in the car and let's go to church. Not supposed to be working on the Sabbath day. What are you doing out here? But he, he was just another good looking man, Karma. Just another good looking man. Don't make a mistake. Anyway, uh, <laughs> God bless you. We'll see you Wednesday in Jesus' name. That's 7 o'clock for those of you who forgot.